welcome to the spectacular Sal Buscema era podcast. We talk about all the issues Sal Buscema worked on during his run with Jerry Conway, J.M.D. Mateus, on Spectacular Spider-Man. Series ran from the 80s into the 90s up to the Clone Saga. I am your host, Dr. Chris. With me is Drew and Leo behind the scenes, keeping control or trying to. <laughs> but we're covering I'll two issues now. again because of a just massive crossover event that, that not really an event, but just like very simple, easy to follow crossover between two spider titles that are not being drawn by Todd McFarlane are kind of interconnected. Then we take a break and then we've got every crossover happening with the uh, upcoming acts of vengeance. So, and just so everyone's aware, we are skipping Atlantis attacks as it's not really worth covering. It's a, it's an easy, it's a decent story, but it's happening in all the annuals and it's just too complicated to go over. Drew's going to start with Web of Spider-Man number 54. Thank you, Chris, for that intro. It's always great. So, hi, everybody. Uh, Yes, Web of Spider-Man issue 54, published September 1989. Uh, The writer is, of course, Jerry Conway. Uh, Alex Saviuk returns as the penciler. We got Keith Williams as the inker. Bob Sharon, colorist. Rich Parker, letterer. Editor is, of course, uh, Jim Salakrup. And editor-in-chief, Tom DeFalco. So, continuing our uh, story from Spectacular Spider-Man issue 153, our review of that, definitely out now. Check your Facebook. Uh, We are continuing the war between the Lobo Brothers and the Kingpin. Uh, They launched their big ambush because nobody ever expects werewolves to come out from a helicopter. Uh, You have the Arrangers in the building. He realizes this is all his fault because the original hit that he did, the Lobo Brothers failed and set them on this path. So what is he going to do? He's not going to die for it. He's going to escape through a secret elevator because once you're the Kingpin secondhand man, you're going to have things like some, you know, little deus ex machina to get you out. So naturally they get pissed and uh, they decide, well, we can't kill him. We're going to go for the big guy. And it literally looks like we've killed the Kingpin. But did we though? Hmm. So, of course, Spider-Man, who's still recovering from the virus that J. Jonah Jameson, a.k.a. the chameleon, has uh, infected him with, is somehow not able to stop the battle, but still able enough to go home. Uh, but before, before he can, uh, the t- uh, New York detectives and Daily Bugle's Joy Mercado and Nick Katzenberg, you know, that sleazy photographer who's really on a winning streak right now because Jonah has made him his guy. Uh, they basically visit the whole thing. They, we learn that apparently Kingpin can have just a life-sized uh, marshmallow fluff, cotton-filled uh, replica of himself ready to be killed at any point because he knows his enemies are clearly gunning for him. Uh, they realize it's the fake Kingpin. Uh, the Loba brothers are pissed. Uh, everybody's freaked out by this fake Kingpin. And Spider-Man gets photographed on the building because he didn't know any better because he can't help himself. He goes home, finds out that Mary Jane's cousin, Christy, is in the hospital. But of course, he faints because we care more about that than a little child who apparently is dealing with bulimia, but still is kind of a sleazeball. Um, Moving on, moving on. Uh, We see her at the medical center when we learn about her bulimia. Um, But of course, she's fine. And uh, it's, you know, it's just a general heart attack. I'm fine. Take me out. And uh, everybody freaks out including Mary Jane, who has literally had enough. Everybody is always having problems. Hers always gets put aside because everyone else's are worse, including her husband. And she yells at Peter. And of course, Peter is again guilty. So uh, we head back to the Daily Bugle, where we uh, 
where Nick Katzenberg yet again proves that he is a complete slime ball until he's confronted by Spider-Man who says, okay, what the hell's going on? Why is Jonah out for me? Where is he? And he says, okay, he says, penthouse, I'm supposed to come by. Cool. So he does. We find out finally the reason that Spider-Man Spider-Sense has been buzzing this entire time is because the chameleon has been impersonating him for months, which of course Peter is guilty about because he's perpetually guilty. Uh, but we'll save the guilt for Daredevil. And there's a big fight. There's somehow cyanide gas pellets. Uh, but of course, Spider-Man can hold his breath. He rushes them. And of course, because he can't seem to listen to Spider-Sense, Chameleon is allowed to escape. Uh, thus threatening, oh, I'll be back. Uh, just on a face you won't know. Oh, oh. Uh, he frees Jonah. Uh, the Lober brothers return to their hideout. They're kind of deciding what their next move is going to be. Uh, Glory Grant is kind of their prisoner, but not. Uh, and yeah, that's all for Web of Spider-Man issue 54, kids. To be continued on Spectacular Spider-Man 154, taken by Chris Leader. Continue. Um, it's a lot to unpack. Talk here. about the cover for Web of Spider-Man number 54. As uh, right now, that... Uh, as I said, currently, they just uh, published last week the giant size Amazing Spider-Man cons- Chameleon Conspiracy one-shot to mm-hmm. wrap up Nick Spencer's uh, Chameleon storyline. He seems to be doing a lot of these one-shots. He did one for the Kingpin in the Tablet Time. He's got one for the Chameleon. And he's got a whole miniseries for the Sinister War because I think he planned this out because he just announced that he's leaving Amazing Spider-Man with issue 875. Yep. Um, which is going to kick off the return of the marriage, possibly, because Mary Jane and Spider-Man are seen swinging and her throwing what looks like a bouquet in the air of flowers away from whatever is happening on the cover. And then in the next issue, Peter's in the hospital because of the events of the upcoming Where Were You When the Lights Went Out storyline, where Tony Stark loses his leg. Um, Not joking, this is an event they've been talking about since last year's free comic book day. Um, and Peter is shown wrapped up in bandages, his face all beaten up, and he's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mary Jane's crying by his bedside, and yeah. Ben Riley is putting on a brand new Spider-Man costume. Uh, I mean, essentially, Chris, we've been talking about this for a while. It seems like a lot of, I wouldn't say old stories, but previous Spider-Man stories are being, I don't want to say recycled, more like reinvented for our modern day age, but within uh-huh. the new context. And, you know, I'm fine with it because... You know, comics have advanced since these stories were last seen. So it's it's not exactly lazy writing. It's just kind of, I feel like, what we expect of comics. I mean, how many times can we reveal the chameleon? How many times can we punch out the Green Goblin? Like, eventually, like, stories are going to start to cycle. So why not? I mean, if you've read The Chameleon Conspiracy, you know, yeah, Nick Spencer is clearly drawing from other stories, which he's ref referencing because he's trying to be good about timelines like oh this story happened this story also happened so i feel like he's just trying to make sense of continuity which has always been comic books achilles heel yeah he's doing a good job of it uh the new creative team of course was announced as well so we'll see how they do and they're going three times a month again with amazing spider-man probably because marvel wants their 900th issue of amazing spider-man to come out and obviously within a couple years doing three times a month 
we are going to hit the 1,000th issue of a Marvel comic book. Dear God. That, that's going to be an expensive uh, pull list. Uh, yeah. yeah. So 875 is going to be a $10 comic book. Then it's going back to 399 a month. I mean, sorry, 399 a week for a comic. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. This... Uh, the uh, it seems like Alex Subiex, uh took took the time needed to come back. Uh, his artwork is uh, impeccable in this issue. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. it, it you know, it's so funny, I, Leo. I, I really don't mean to to, to to tease you a little bit, but the 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 other page where you have the arranger saying, "Oh no," I just kind of imagined that was you. If something went wrong with 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 splash pages, like, "Oh no," something the video. <laughs> quality is wrong with splash pages you know um but yeah i mean this whole thing was great but honestly i'm sorry that to me was the craziest moment in this issue that the kingpin just randomly has a lifelike dummy that looks like it's filled with like oh he probably called nick fury nick fury probably owed him a favor and said can you cook me up a fat ass life model decoy Like, like I, I just saw that, and I was like, I don't know about you, but I am just waiting for the MCU. What is that spilling out of him? Like fluff, like fluff and nutter. I know the fluff and nutter is the uh, sandwich of uh, Massachusetts. Apparently, there's some joke there. I'm not even going to say what that means, but uh, yeah, it looks like fluff and nutter flowing out of the kingpin. Leo is shaking his head. No, (laughs) haven't you taken apart a stuffed animal? Like. You know, it's, it's, it's fluff. It's fluff. Like, yeah, but when you go to a carnival, Leo, you don't win a, a stuffed kingpin. You know, like, Think of it that's terrifying. He's an oversized. Well, thing. you could nowadays because he's the mayor of New York. They probably have carnivals with the kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, by the way, folks at home, if you're not reading Daredevil or uh, Spider-Man, which I think are the only two street-level books Marvel's producing right now, um, the uh, I, I'm really not a hundred percent sure but i swear to god i think it's just daredevil and spider-man unless you count captain america sometimes but that's yeah. only if sam that's only if i think sam is actually cap or running around in the book doing something because he's uh mm-hmm. you know he's he's uh you know the harlem superhero cap is kind of global with the avengers regardless kingpin wilson fisk is currently the mayor of new york um it has hurt spider-man's reputation but only with the superhero community because Kingpin's constantly like, my buddy's Spider-Man! (laughs) Spider-Man's like, would you please stop with the ad campaigns endorsing me? It's not helping, because the Avengers have had to call him in more than once to be like, do you like to explain yourself? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Another great moment is, I so much am now a fan of Joy Mercado, because every one of her insults to Nick Katzenberg are just fantastic. I oh, just, yeah, Nick Katzenberg's a complete piece of shit. He is, but she's just like, I think my favorite of hers was Eat Lice and Die. Yeah, like, definitely. By the way, I think it's, it, it, of course, it, it's typical of Peter to think it's his Aunt May who has gotten hurt or injured. Um, oh, yeah. They uh, they can't write any other plot line for Aunt May other than the boarding house thing, other than Aunt May's constantly sick. Thank God, current writing of Aunt May is she is in charge of the soup kitchen, originally run by 
um, Martin Lee, aka Mr. Negative, Negative, you know, from the video games and stuff, but he came from the comics originally. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, he was, I think, the first supervillain created after uh, One More Day. During the, he was the first villain of the brand new day story arc. Mm-hmm. He um, and he is kind of come and go. He's gotten himself separated, came back together. He infected Aunt May even one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, isn't Aunt May dead? No. no, no. What? Where have you been, uh, Leo? Ame hasn't been dead since like 1998. That, yeah, that, and, and, and even that. Oh, I literally, almost okay. God, 23 years ago, Ame came back to life. By the way, she never actually died. Norman Osborn swooped yeah. into the hospital, replaced her with an actress he hired, who he did facial reconstructive surgery for, and put her in the bed of of uh, Peter of uh, Ame. Told her all the secrets. And he died. He uh, she died. And then years later, probably like a year later in Spider-Man time, uh, Aunt May was revealed to be alive and well, being held hostage by uh, the Green Goblin during the Tablet of Five storyline, which oh, gave man. us the Maddie Franklin Spider-Man. By the way, just you reminding me that gave me a headache. Thank you. Like, yes. By the way, this is also where Madame Web became like smoking hot and blind for a while, and then she just became old and died eventually. And now we have Jessica Drew as uh, Madame Web, hey. who does show up. Who, by the way, is still important to the books. She was just in the the Spider-Man uh, arc. Um, and uh, you know, eight, issue eight fifty that happened, uh, mm-hmm. where Spider-Man teamed up with all his Spider friends, and I don't mean Firestar and and Iceman, I mean Miles, Jessica, Spider Gwen, yeah, um, yeah, Spider Girl, the uh, Hispanic Spider Girl, what's her name from the <laughs> what Anya Anya Corazon, yeah, Anya Anna Cortez, um, yeah. and uh, I think that's all. Oh, and, and Madame Web. Of course, yeah. That yeah, who is basically Spider Woman too? She's the black and white Spider Woman from Secret Wars. Totally, yeah. But, yeah. So, and then I also like even like again, just you have some characters that just make dumb choices. Like Peter wakes up, and and why would you have the newspaper of just him getting accused? Like you, it's going to set him off. You're like, oh, right? Did you see my new hairdo? Everything. He was right. like, what is this? It's just like, oh my god, you neglect me so much. But it's great that, you know, immediately he jumped out of the way. Spider-Sense blares. Kingpin just, I mean, sorry, uh, 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 Chameleon Jameson whips out this futuristic gun, starts firing at him. The whole place fills up with smoke. Um, You know, and that's when he realizes it's the chameleon when he sees Jonah's face melting, which is rather unusual for the chameleon. That's not usually how his transformation happens. By the way, has anyone ever seen a little film called The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2? Uh, yeah, starring Andrew Garfield. Yes. Uh, the, so you know the guy, you know the post-credit scenes with Andrew Garfield's films involving the guy in the fedora and the trench coat. Yeah. Okay, that is the finisher. The finisher is currently was currently as of the wrap up the last Chameleon storyline working with the uh, the the finisher was working with the Chameleon to drive mm-hmm. Teresa Parker insane. The finisher, by the way, is the is the fake Red Skull from Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number Five. Yes. The Red Skull that killed Peter's parents. It was mm-hmm. revealed later on because the Red Skull was still in his like carbon freezing, whatever, iceberg lounge prison at the time. At the same time, Captain America was floating around the ice and Bucky was mm-hmm. running around as the Winter Soldier. Um, mm-hmm. That couldn't have been the Red Skull. That was like a retcon later on that they were like, nah, by the way, the Red Skull was technically kind of dead or missing mm-hmm. at that time. So he couldn't have killed Peter's parents. So can we make that somebody else pretending to be the Red Skull? Yes. Right. We'll create the finisher. 
that character, the finisher, actually shows up in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. I don't remember the name of the actor, but I actually met him at Comic-Con. He is also famous for one very unfortunate thing. He was the actor on the set of The Crow who fired the uh, the blank into Brandon Lee's chest, oh, killing him. Yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, wow. Yeah, he left acting for like two years after that because of Absolutely. he was never charged, and there was no reason to ever charge him. It was a complete accident, and it wasn't his fault. But yeah, he was the man who fired the gun that killed Brandon Lee. Damn, that sucks. Yes, so weird coincidence. He would go on to play the man who would murder Peter Par- Peter Parker's parents. <laughs> when, when you when you have playing to your strengths, I guess. Right. Um, so basically, it's kind of revealed. Possibly, the chameleon is part of a chameleon like program, like the Red Room. You know, the Black Widow. The reason why I'm breaking this up is because the Black mm-hmm. Widow movie comes out in theaters this upcoming Thursday or Friday, depending on what day you go see it. And the Taskmaster is in charge of the. Black Widow program of super Black Widow sexy soldiers, I like to call them. They're all women. They all wear tight black or white leather. I mean, that's evident from the trailer, the fact that we have three Black Widows in the in the movie trailer every time we watch it. Yeah. Uh, one of them played by the absolutely amazing and sexy Ra- uh, um, Rachel Weiss. Still gorgeous. Isn't it also goddamn funny that both Rachel Weiss and her super spy husband, Daniel Craig, have movies coming out this year? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that is crazy. Anyway, I just thought it was very funny to bring that up because the chameleon revealed that he is part of a chameleon-like program of multiple chameleons. Children are basically snatched at birth to become chameleons. And mm-hmm. Teresa Parker might be one of those chameleons. But she believes that she is, in fact, the, the sister of Peter Parker. Right. It's just, it's total craziness. And it's like, wow, okay. Like, again, you can take an old story and you can still do something new with it. It's fine. Right. And the other reason I bring this up is because of the Kingpin. It's a one-shot graphic novel hardcover where we first meet Teresa Parker, where Spider-Man mm-hmm. has to team up with this woman claiming to be his long-lost sister that he never knew to take down the Kingpin in an overseas European yep. extravaganza spider fight. The artwork is absolutely beautiful. The graphic novel is pretty easy to find. It's not really out of print or have high value. Is, it, so, that's, uh, is that family business? I believe right? it is. I'm trying right. to see if it's right next to me right now. I'm currently at home yes it is family business right yeah that was a good story yeah yeah it is a good story it is an absolute good story why don't we jump mm-hmm. over to spectacular spider-man yes main focus so, of this podcast all righty yeah. righty 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 so Indeed. so can we just acknowledge, can we just acknowledge one thing before we that finally we're we know we, the real jonah's back Yes, the real Jonah's back, and uh, and we are closing in on the end of Gloria's storyline. And that will happen in the next episode of this podcast. But for now, Go. we deal with the Puma Claws. Spectacular Spider-Man 154 was published September 1989. Writer is Jerry Conway, penciler and inkler Sal. Color is Bob Sharon, letterer Rick Parker. Editor Jim Scalarup, and I'm just going to add it in there because they don't, and I think it should always be said, Spider-Man was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Mm -hmm. We begin with the gang war um, kind of over, but it's not quite over yet. Um, Spider-Man gets the latest edition of the Daily Bugle trying to catch him on it after almost stealing it from a blind vendor on the street of New York. Hammerhead loses his temper and tries to start smashing up Chameleon's home. Chameleon thinks it's a temporary setback over what happened with J. Jonah Jameson. 
<laughs> he he quickly transforms into the Arranger and starts setting up mo uh, plans in motion that will get the Arranger killed at some point. Jameson, back in the Daily Bugle offices, wants to praise Katzenberg for his photos of Spider-Man. Also wants to know who the hell is going to try and buy the Daily Bugle from him. Hint, hint, hint. Gee, who could it possibly be? Look at the cover. Uh, Mary Jane wants to try and work off her stress with some aerobics, and she gets a note from Spider-Man that Peter Parker will not be joining her for dinner. Spider-Man goes to confront Puma, and lo and behold, they get to a fight. But Puma reveals he didn't want to fight Spider-Man. He's trying to clear a debt with him after mistaking him and attacking him prior to this. I think this happened back during the Secret Wars 2 storyline. Um, not really important, but that's the whole reason why the Puma was created by his people, the Native Americans, uh, to fight the Beyonder if the Beyonder ever came to Earth. I don't under quite understand how a Puma man from Native American lore is going to fight basically the equivalent of God. And I'm not talking about the Jado Christian God, I'm just talking about a being who is basically God. Yes. Uh, but go figure, it's the way comic books are written. Spider-Man and Puma don't come to any kind of like ending to their fight. Puma just says, I've got to make it up to you, Spider-Man, whether you like it or not. Guess how that is? I think I've talked about it before. He buys the Daily Bugle, but we'll get to that story eventually. Spider-Man visits Christy in the hospital, and Christy wants to sneak some candy bars. She's up to her devious ways and her purging and binging and all her problems in a plotline that we really don't care about, and we never see Christy again after this whole thing is finally over. Thank God. Thank Peter God. and Mary Jane console each other, say I love you, and they hope everything is okay, but we still have to deal with... Gloria's boyfriend being the one of the Lobo brothers, and that story continues mm -hmm. next, uh, in either next week or the week after, whenever we record again. And Web of Spider-Man number fifty-five. Okay, I need to say that, of course, this is great, but my favorite part was in the beginning with the blind uh, newsstand guy who oh, yeah. knew Spider-Man was trying to steal that paper, and he's yeah. like, "Hey, four bits, please." And I'm like, "Okay, I might be, I might be blind, but I'm not stupid." I was like, "The great." Yes, like, absolutely. Well, that, Spider-Man immediately that sees thing. Thomas Fireheart. It's like, ah, oh, shit, the Puma's in town. I got to deal with this. <laughs> it's also funny it's called Claws, considering, you know, wolves have claws, too. Don't they? Uh, yeah, 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 I, I, yes. <laughs> right? Yes? Yeah. Right? Wolves, wolves right, Leo? Right? I mean, I don't know how many wolves you've seen in Connecticut, but I, I would assume, you know, you've been yeah. to the zoo. Um, here's a scene that we're never going to see in a uh, Marvel comic book movie uh, aerobics with Mary Jane leading to a shower scene sorry the internet would light the fuck up and people would be blasting for something you know someone's only fans will probably do it um, I, I, this is Mary Jane, Gwen Stacy, and Black Cat doing aerobics on an OnlyFans. I, I guarantee somebody has already made that porno. I am shocked there is not a Mary Jane, Black Cat, Spider Gwen, or Gwen Stacy adult film already in production. Um, I digress. Is probably is. What's he? What is it? Rule thirty four or something like that. If you can think it, there's a porn of it. Yep. Yeah, I mean there is Spider-Man porno out there. I mean the costume looks pretty good, but you can go, you can buy a good-looking Spider-Man costume now at any point. When we were mm -hmm. kids, could you buy a good Spider-Man costume? Fuck no, never. 
Now you can buy them like anywhere. You can buy a good Spider-Man costume. I don't know why they keep making those cheap ash piece of shit knockoffs in Halloween stores when just for a few bucks more you can get a really good Spider-Man costume that looks just like the fucking comic or the movie or the video game or any version of Spider-Man who's ever existed. And by that I mean like 2099 Spider-Man, Ben Riley Spider-Man, whoever. It's like unfucking believable the Spider-Man costumes out there. Chris, you know they gotta they gotta get rid of porn's gotta destroy some good costumes or I was ripping and tearing them so they just like all right cool just go to the Halloween store bam done. But I uh, I went on a date like uh oh, no. I think I, yeah I went on a date with a woman who uh, it was during the pandemic and she was in the process of moving so we had a very short kind of you know relationship but mm-hmm. uh, in her co- in her closet I uh, she she or she like moves all these coats aside and hanging right there. Is a Spider Gwen costume in a silk costume? Hey, and I'm like, what? What are these? And she's like, oh, that's Silk, the character. Like, I I play dumb a little bit. I was like, no, I, I know who Silk is, but I know who Spider Gwen is. But what are you doing with them? And she's like, oh, I cosplay sometimes. And I'm like, good. I literally pulled it out and said, please put this on. <laughs> Yeah, you did. I did. You did. And we and she did. We we by the way had already had have relations. So uh and this was a short, short relationship too, because she had mm-hmm. she was moving. Uh, but yeah, no, she put that costume on, she fit it to a T. So are, are you saying she she drove you up the wall? <laughs> just 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 I just I had to. Okay. But I'm not uh, telling uh tales at school children. I'm sorry. So yeah, that's uh, fine. Back to this. And then this was also great because this was such a Jonah moment. Like you think Nick Katzenberg is gonna get his, his ass and he was gonna get fired, and Jonah <laughs> gives him a raise. Yeah, like oh yeah, that's not gonna latch much longer with what's coming. So um, I do like we do get a calm before the storm with the next couple issues wrapping up uh, the tombstone storyline as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then we're gonna go full fucking crazy with Cosmic Spider-Man. Very soon. Wait, that's what uh, we're, we're gonna figure out the schedule for that one, especially since we're not doing this show live anymore. <laughs> yeah, but and and and, and, and I, I got to be honest with you, I thought that this Puma fight was such crap. Really? I thought the artwork was amazing. Just the oh, way Spider-Man looks with Puma just trashing him. I mean, oh, Puma is a pretty powerful villain for Spider-Man. Oh, no, no, no. What I meant is in terms of, no, the art is fantastic. Like, Sal does no wrong. I'm talking about just, like, like, like Puma's motivation. Everything is honor and everything. Like, he's just attacking him for no reason. Spider-Man's like, if you could just hold on for one second, he just keeps hitting him. I'm just like, okay, bro, like, Mr. Honor. Like you need to just, just you know, someone give this guy a ball of yarn for God's sake, you know. And it, like eventually, when he finally told that, I was like, okay, cool. But I will also just side note: one of the other coolest things was the chameleon posing as their ranger was just amazing. Like honestly, I had to sit for a second. I was like, was he their ranger the whole time? I'm like, no, no, this is just his new thing. But I was like, whoa, this is great. Like. Like I think, like I, I honestly feel like, and I don't know, Leo or Chris, I think I honestly feel like this is he gets kind of put aside as a so-so Spidey villain. He's just right up there, right? And the he, um, I'll be honest with you, Puma, the the, I mean, we'll see, we're gonna see Puma a lot during this run of Sal Basima. Puma shows up besides playing Thomas Fireheart, basically Peter's boss for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two big two-part Puma storylines coming. 
and then he disappears for a little while, returns during the Clone Saga, not involved with the Clone Saga in any big way, then kind of disappears again, shows up in one issue of Spider-Man Unlimited, and then he fucking disappears for the longest goddamn time until the Identity is revealed story arc during Civil War, and he's right. banging Black Cat. Yeah, that was so random. By the way, funny thing, I'm reading Astonishing... Um, I'm sorry, uh, whatever the Scott Lang Ant-Man series was, which is pretty good after he came back from the dead, mm. uh, 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 Lonnie, uh, uh, Lonnie Lincoln, uh, the female Beatle, uh, right. uh, got busy with Tony Stark in that storyline. Because <laughs> Ant-Man had to unfortunately watch it while he was trying to break into something for stuff. <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> he gets uh, Stark's underwear gets thrown on top of him. <laughs> And then, and then, and then, and then, like Stark's just like, you can come out now, Scott. I'm sure anybody who had to witness what they just did or whatever probably deserves a job, and you won the job. It's some like job contest. It's, it's Scott's like, thank God I didn't have to sleep you sleep with you like slutty be- beetle over there. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm just like Jesus Christ. Stark has been with everybody. <laughs> he, 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 listen. He really has. I mean, I remember when when he slept with She Hulk. Oh, uh, everyone hates that though, because it's just it just like honestly, because they started writing She Hulk to be sleeping with everybody, including Juggernaut, and it was just like gross. Well, it, it, yeah, it was so funny too, because and it was so funny because like I think that was when Slot was still writing it, so he uses that to bring up the. No, 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 no. Oh, wait, wait. Slot was writing what? She Hulk. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say this storyline was actually written by Amazing Spider-Man writer currently Nick Spencer. Nice. Because yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Beetle, female Beetle is his character. He created her. Yeah, yeah no, I, I know. But at, at that one, like, yeah. And I just remember that whole run they still had, because I had to write an article about it. By the way, you know what the uh, the big, uh, I'm sorry. See, I, I, I figured it out based on the little caption. Do you know what the um, the the dishonor Puma has that he needs to repay to Spider-Man because he's all about honor and stuff? Was uh, it? Refresh my memory. It's been a while. Spider-Man number 50, Puma, Silver Sable, and the Wild Pack came after Spider-Man for a crime he didn't commit, and Spider-Man cleared his name. And, uh, you know, Silver Sable is just like, oh, well, hey, I'll hire you for a job one day. By the way, that job's going to be the assassination plot line involving Sabretooth and Captain America over an Amazing, uh, which is fucking great, by the way, if you've ever read it. It's a six-part storyline that... uh, Todd drew all of them. So you get to see Todd draw a fucking wicked awesome Sabretooth. Um, and by the way, the mastermind behind the entire plot line is revealed to be dun, 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 the Red Skull. <laughs> because Nazism. Anyway, um, Sabretooth doesn't care who he kills for. <laughs> of course he doesn't. Anyway, so Puma was like, I must pay back the debt to Peter Parker because of this whole thing. By the way, he's like the only person in the whole group that knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Uh, he figured that out day one because he was like, you smell like Spider-Man. <laughs> it's the same way Wolverine, by the way, figured out Peter Parker was Spider-Man. He sniffed him. Spider-Man obviously doesn't either wear any deodorant or wears the same deodorant as Peter Parker. Apparently. Yeah, so... That's how. That's the big reason why Puma's just like, I owe you a debt, Peter. Let me repay it. I tried during your honeymoon, but you threw it back in my face. Right, and then <laughs> he and did. Then... It was a great. It's one of the best stupid Spider-Man issues ever. Peter and Mary Jane go on their honeymoon. Which, by the way, there's several websites that their continuity notes for this issue and every other issue we're going to cover. They're constantly mm-hmm. going to point out that whenever it's mentioned Peter and Mary Jane or husband and wife in current continuity, they are a uh, what is it called? Um, 
they are a common law couple, actually, because of Mephisto. Oh, uh, okay. Yes, they are actually just living together as a common law boyfriend and girlfriend couple. They are not husband and wife as of up until Amazing Spider-Man number 875. Nick, you know, undoes the, the undoes one more day, which again is what he's alluding to, considering the covers we've seen for the upcoming issues. Yep. Um, the silver bullet gun that a ranger has is pretty badass. I couldn't figure out, is this the Tinkerer? Yeah, you know, I was kind of wondering that too. I felt like it could be, but it also he doesn't allude to it. But I, I'm like, he makes silver bullets. He's old. He's cracking jokes. I kind of figured, like, if he's not, you're he. he you know, he kind of remind me of that that specialist that Al brings in to fix Woody in Toy Story. Just old brands. Like, oh, so you want to kill some werewolves? Cat, <laughs> let me make you some silver bullets. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's who I saw. But holy crap, when he blew the head off, I was like, "Wow, Chameleon is not playing." <laughs> yeah, go. Do we care about Christie's dumb plotline? I mean, god, it's no. like, oh my god, dragging this through the mud. Yeah, like I was just like, I don't care. But then, of course, again, like it just like you said just up oh, there goes old frail aunt may because we can't do anything else with her she yeah. looks like a mummy i mean the way sal draws aunt may through this entire run uh, and it's never more prominent than uh, the vulture storyline that will come up uh later on after harry goes a little nuts again um mm-hmm. there's a three-part storyline where the vulture wants to like make up for all of his past deeds but he ends up continuing killing people but we'll get to it aunt may and it just looks Awful. Yeah. I mean, she looks so ugly. (laughs) Right now, Aunt May looks lively and she's chipper. I think they're honestly basing it on the ultimate Aunt May, where that Aunt May was like in her 50s and a hipster. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? She was kind of the cougar mom. Totally. Um, Like the, uh, what's, who's playing Aunt May right now in Spider Man movies? It's, uh, uh, Mercer Tomei. Yes. Oh my God. The hottest Aunt May. Ever. <laughs> and I, by the way, I mean that currently on screen. I don't have a lot of attraction to Sally Field. I never really did. And I never saw Rosemary Harris whenever she was young. But currently standing, the hottest Aunt May on screen is Marissa Tomei. However, she has strong competition by my friend Misty Lee, who played Aunt May a lot in the animated Ultimate Spider-Man and other Spider-Man cartoons uh, in the 2000s, wife of Paul Dini. Swear to God, Leo, I think he brings it up every time to get me annoyed. (laughs) Um, It ends with Peter and Mary Jane saying that I I love you, and that's pretty much it. Um, Some of the ads in this book I want to point out real quick. There's a zit cream ad, because of course there is. The Bubble Trouble Dragons ad is shown again. Uh, Mm -hmm. Somebody call 1-800-235-3000, the Sears catalog, and order your Nintendo Entertainment System right now. By the way, Sears went out of business, so don't bother calling. Um, The ripoff scandal of children, the prize or cash, you know, sell some crap and win a bunch of garbage ad is in there. Remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. The Dungeons and Dragons True Leads ad is in here. Um, the Indiana Jones one nine hundred porno line is in here. Um, I'm not even joking, but don't forget Indiana Jones and the uh, Last Crusade was in theaters around this time. 
Stan Soapbox. Stan has a great me little message. And we have a pet profile for Kelly Corverse, uh, assistant editor in Conan the Barbarian, Conan the King, Punisher War Journal, The Nam, The Job, and The Transformers. Um, Spectacular Spider-Man's next issue. Spider-Man plays an unwilling pawn in a breakout conceived by Kingpin and Gasp, Robbie Robinson, but then join us for Web of Spider-Man number 55 for the dramatic conclusion to the Gang War storyline. But don't forget to pick up parts one and two of the aforementioned Assassinations plot storyline. Okay. And then on the back cover, we have the uh, the Bicycle Schwinn ad and also the Introducing a Winning Combination for Breakfast, the Nintendo Cereal System ad for Super Mario Brothers and Zelda Cereal. I remember that. Yeah, good stuff. Really good stuff. Probably filled with more sugar than any of us could digest today. Oh, God, yeah. We just, just check us in already. Yeah, but I still eat Captain Crunch, so what do I know? <laughs> Um, I do love, by the way, I think this has just started happening. The non-mutant superhero tagline gets added to the Spider books. It's been on the Amazing book. I think this is the first time we see it on the Spectacular book, or was in the last issue, because the X-Men were so popular at the time, they had to point out Spider-Man is not a mutant. <sighs> but I think at the same time, Namor's book was uh, being launched, and he would have the tagline, the first Marvel mutant or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah. And then, of course, they wouldn't really do anything with that whole Namor mutant plotline until years later in X-Men, and when somebody was just like, oh, yeah, Namor's a mutant. We should, like, uh, make him part of the X-Men. Yeah, let's do that. And he was, until I guess he's not part of the X-Men again. Nope. He's kind of running his own uh, bullshit with uh, underwater characters. I, uh, Namor. I have no words. I, I've never been a big Namor fan. Didn't they cast him recently? Didn't they officially announce that he was cast for the upcoming Black Panther sequel? I'm pretty sure they did. That's great. We're going to get Namor versus the people of Wakanda, but not Namor versus Black Panther because Marvel doesn't want to recast Chadwick Boseman, even though all the fan base has just been like, yeah, that's okay. Let's do that. You know, we can't upset anybody, Chris, because then I know they're trying to keep us in suspense with uh, Shuri possibly becoming the Black Panther, and that's fine. But we'll just, you know, again, I would love to have seen Chadwick Boseman fight whoever's going to play Namor. Um, better villain, by the way, would have been great if they had actually. I, I, I don't give a shit about Namor because I really don't care about that character, but I would have loved if the. Uh, the monarch from another country that was going to fight the Black Panther and the, and the Warriors of Wakanda would have been mm. fucking Doctor Doom and the Doombots. Oh, that would have been cool. That would have been awesome because yeah. Doom and, and Wakanda, Doom and Black Panther, have butted heads plenty of times. Hey, listen, I'm still dealing with. I, I don't know if you guys heard, but I think Christopher McDonald, the guy who voiced um, Jor-el in Super Animated Series and Shooter McGavin and Happy Gilmore, he he's part of Marvel's Secret Invasion. And he's, he can't say what he is, but it's a really big. And I'm just right. keep thinking, like, damn, he would make a great Norman Osborn. Right. Also, uh, Amelia Clark has been cast as well, and she can't say what it is. A lot of people think she's going to play the um, the Skrull Queen. 
Oh, Varenke, nice. Yeah, which again, we don't know what they're doing with the scrolls because the scrolls seem to be like, oh, they're put upon refugees from a bad country, kind of, uh, you know, plot line. Yeah, but and the yeah. and the uh, the Kree are, you know, the um, the Ooh, you know, take so whatever good. refugees running from a country that treats them like shit in in the real world and apply it to the Kree and the scrolls. That's basically what they're doing. Yeah, it's like and like the only excuse for the scrolls being bad is it's war. Carol, we all do shitty things in war. I probably ate children and murdered people and non-consensually did other things being a shapeshifter. Uh, but it's Disney, so we can't go too far down that rabbit hole. Nope. Cannot. I'm sorry, but the scrolls are pretty much race uh, are, are pretty much rapists, but Marvel will never actually say that out loud. <laughs> nope, they will not. They will definitely not go there. But no, but I mean, there's been more than one story where the scroll was just like, you know, took over someone's body or sorry, you know, d- d- pretended to be somebody else and invaded their family or their business. And I'm, and I'm sure there was shit that was not okay. <laughs> yeah, but we won't address that in comics, kids. No. No, we won't address that on Disney Plus either. But um, that's all the notes we have here for this issue of the uh, Spectacular Sal Basima era podcast. Next episode will be another two issues, and then we'll take a break and do a couple single issues before <gasps> Acts of Vengeance. Cool. Thank you. Yes. How many episodes of Loki do we have left? Because I don't think we're going to run Acts of Vengeance into Loki, unfortunately. It just I don't think it's uh, the way I two, wanted it to. There's two episodes left this week and, and next week. And I yep. haven't watched a single one. <laughs> what? Why not? I'll get there, okay? I'm very busy these days. Doing what? Besides researching my fucking TV project? Okay. I don't <laughs> my desk, motherfucker. Hey, hey, I got that going. I've got my, my, I got a job. I'm starting my new job next week. I'm already starting the other job. I am busy, okay? I'm going to get to it, all right? Do you have children? No. Do you have a wife? I have a common law wife. Okay, that's half an excuse, but still not a full excuse. It's still a relationship you need to, you know, you need to find. I don't care what the relationship really is, but I'm just I'm checking my notes right now to remember who the hell it is that you're supposed to be covering. Um, you are doing... Darwin Cook. You're doing Darwin Cook, that's right, okay. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, someone else, but, yeah, I'll get to it. I but... thought there was someone else, but I don't have you written down for more than just Darwin Cook. Oh, Joy Hart. Oh, you're doing Joy, the... um. Yeah. Well, I'm working on it. But the point being is, man, okay, there's a lot. And I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch. I'm going to love it. I know. But one thing at a time. That's fine. I'm going to have my script over to um, uh, 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 Catherine in about a week or so. So Okay. I had to get I had to get finished up with uh, I had to get finished up with the documentary book and I had to get finished with uh, Vlada's audiobook before I submitted that to Ka- started yeah. going full steam on with Catherine. Yeah. And we have you here. Congrats on everything. That very yeah, very we uh, we just announced uh, you uh, you can now pre-order for everyone listening a exclusive limited signed Tim Vigil cover for Resurrection of Vlada. Tim is signing a hundred copies of this limited edition cover. Um, retail for ten dollars. Uh, it is a comic book. It is not a graphic novella, prose novel like a lot of a Dracula tale. And there, of course, is the alternate, the regular cover by Ken Hunt. Um, but yes, Tim Vigil will be signing a hundred of two hundred copies of his cover. After those two hundred copies are done, there will be no more. And it is quite the sexy cover, but still very conservative. We don't need to black bag it. 
<laughs> Dear God. It's got cleavage where it needs to be. It's got blood where it needs to be, but everyone's fully clothed. So I, I hope the cleavage is where it needs to be. Otherwise, it's. And then it gets a little imagey. It, it, it looks fantastic. I can't wait to see it till it. I can't wait to see it color. The guy who's coloring it colored the Tim Seeley cover that I had uh, mm-hmm. Tim Seeley make. Nice. So. Yes, um, Team Seely's cover is uh, available. That's Entertainment actually is putting on their shelves uh, tomorrow the nude uh, cover of Vlada where she is just standing there holding the heart uh, like an apple and the blood's dripping down her chest and her nether regions. Available now, kids. That That's Entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> $24.99. <laughs> Wow, no okay, Chris, where can people find you? They can find you and go to the Vlada page and go uh, pre-order that uh, Tim Vigil book if they want a signed Tim Vigil comic book. Uh, very rare, by the way. Or they can find me over on the Radio Horror page. I do another comic book podcast. Uh, we just posted a new episode about Vlad's origin story called Hack Slash Me Without You. And there will be a new episode of that in a couple weeks. But I'm also on the Dorkening Other Horror Show uh, boobs blood and badasses the hammer horror podcast ro and i just recorded five episodes in two weeks wow. so yeah so we had no more laps in episodes and how about you drew uh yeah i uh, find me on facebook i'm drew malo i'm also a ghostbuster man 1984 on instagram i'm here in the dorkening i'm with uh with the the spectacular sal podcast like tell people with chris uh, i'm working with him on his on his wonderful project, which I am totally still working on. My uh, Supernatural True Crimes podcast, Strange of the Worlds, is actually making a comeback soon. And I do more than enough for Screen Rant, including writing and I'm now a hiring associate. So I'm really busy. So if I don't get back to you immediately, it's not personal. Thank you. Well then, kids, we've said all we can today and come back next time for more Spectacular Spider-Man with all of us here. Thank you so much. Enjoy your nightmares, children.